Casey Must. I'm the owner and founder of Citizen Yoga in Detroit and Cleveland, and you are listening to After Class. After Class is our podcast where we reach out to community members, our teachers, uh, even people beyond our state borders to really bring home the message of mental health and suicide prevention. Today, uh, we're going to focus on one of the aspects of Citizen's Voice. So the way we describe Citizen's Voice is it has four pillars. It's courageous, inclusive, supportive, and sage. And our guest today, uh, one of their main values, one of her main values is inclusion. And the way we define inclusion at Citizen is that we help disarm discomfort for students. We make space for all different voices. We say hello and introduce ourselves. And we speak to the room often instead of just trying to isolate one specific individual. So that's just one way that we bring inclusion into our space. So our guest today is Latricia Wilder. (laughs) See, I already messed up her name way before this. Now I just have to admit it. Um, But we're calling her, I'm calling her Trish from now on. So she's from Vibride. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh my God. Okay. So she's like super vibrant. She's like bubbly and energetic. You're sort of like a lightning bolt of energy. I like that. I, I'm definitely a, a very outgoing person. That's always been me, though. I know. Well, when we first met, we just talked for nonstop for... Over an hour. Yeah. Easy. So we knew we were stuck together, basically. Exactly. I basically I told Casey, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you want to be, but you are. I clearly want to be stuck with you. So, um, so I know you and I both stand for inclusion. Mm-hmm. In your world, in your community, how do you guys at your spin studio, cycle studio, express inclusion? How, how does that mission? Um, so it started, manifest? first it started with just the team that we built. Um, I like to say we check every box you can think of. Mm-hmm. And some by accident. We find out as we talk and go along. Um, but I wanted our our space to look like how I wish the world looked. So we have black, we have white, we have Hispanic, we have gay, we have straight, we have in between. Mm -hmm. We have um, people still figuring things out. We have a non-binary person, which we all made them explain to us how to do the pronouns. Um, But all of that is within the team that we work with. So then we open our doors to look that way as well. Mm -hmm. We also have people from all different economic um, statuses, which is a big deal to me because I grew up very with very humble beginnings. And then I've had the privilege of being successful in a career and all of those things and seeing a different side of it. And then I wanted to come back and have a space that's safe for everyone mm-hmm. to feel like they're getting our vibes. We, I said it was corny earlier when we were talking about it, but we're all about spreading good vibes. And spreading good vibes means that when you come in our space, it does it. We don't ask anything about who you are. We're all vibe tribers at that point. And for 45 minutes, you don't have to think about anything outside of the world that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. We just want you to come in, have fun, sweat it out, leave it all on the bike, leave it all on the floor, whatever you want to do. Mm. So where is Vibe Ride? It's downtown Detroit, right by Greek Town on Randolph Street. So we're on the corner of Randolph and Monroe. And you guys are doing outdoor cycling right now. Yes. 
keep praying to Mother Nature. Until Mother Nature kicks us in, as I like to say. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. We, um, we've been taking surveys, mm-hmm. and people have really liked the outside. And it's funny because in our studio, we call our cycle studio the dungeon. It's dark. Everything's black in there. It's the opposite of my studio. You come in my studio, I wanted it to feel like a spa. Mm. So everything's white, it's clean, we have like wood accents, but then you go in the dungeon and everything is dark. We have floor lights, we have party lights. We wanted it to be that no one is looking at other people or you yes. feel like they're watching you. It's right. about your own experience. Yeah. And unlike yoga, we can't close our eyes. Because right. if you're on a bike and you close your eyes, you might fall off. Right. So we, how could I give you that yoga feel of privacy but still in a rhythmic spin environment? So that's why it's dark. So I was nervous about being outside because... All of the people that have been taking our classes are used to not having people watch them. And I found that it's been really good. Yeah. Like, so many people are now interacting with each other. We have friend groups out of our cycle studio. Um, And we're still building, so we're not even that big for this to be happening. Yeah. And so a lot of people are enjoying it, and we're enjoying it. So some people say, you know, I still miss the music videos and all that stuff, but I love that, like... I'm high-fiving people or we're giving eyes and right. we're encouraging and everyone can see each other. So it's been really good. That's awesome. So when you say you were mentioning that you check the boxes, so being an inclusive space, what are some of those boxes that you think of, not necessarily even from a customer service perspective? Um, I always say diversity. And diversity is, I tell people, bigger than black and white. And it's bigger, oh, than, that. And it's bigger than male and female. Mm-hmm. Because... Even within those four categories, it's each one is very diverse. Where none of us are one dimensional. So I mean, I like people that I love that we have some people in there that love sports, and there's other people that hate sports. Mm-hmm. We have people that you know grew up in the suburbs, had never really been into Detroit until you know the idea of this quote unquote new Detroit, which I hate. But mm-hmm. um, we'll get into that. Yeah, but. Then you have a mixture of people that's been in the city, and so they mix, right? right? So we're taking people to the African Beat Museum that's been in Detroit forever, no one knew about. Mm-hmm. And we have people taking them to some, one of my teammates, I mean, yeah, one of our team members, didn't even know where the belt was before we did yoga and Bob Right. And I'm like, it's right here. Right. But she comes to the studio and she that goes is. home. Yeah. So it was so nice that... There's a diverse group of even knowledge diversity. Mm. And so the more you have people communicate and talk to each other of different backgrounds, upbringings, races, sexes, gender, um, the more inclusive you can feel because it's not foreign to you. Now I know someone. I know someone that identifies as them, they, us, or them, they, they. Them, they, it's a third one I can't think of. So I do not want to offend anyone. But I didn't know anyone before that. That Rusty put me on to that. You know, it's not just something I'm seeing on the internet or seeing in a book. I have a personal connection. Yeah, which starts to transcend those boundaries. Exactly. So how do you attract um, diverse talent, diverse people? What are are some of the ways that you have done that consciously as a business owner? Because I think that that's a big question. I mean, that's a big question that I had. But that is a big question that I think business owners are having right now. Absolutely. Um, A lot of it started organically. But for me, I went all, I stalked people, right? (laughs) I stalked. 
I can feel that. I the feel year that. before, I totally did. Um, that's how I learned social media, actually. Before, I, almost a year before I had the studio, I started to stalk coaches I was interested in. Um, I'm gonna when I start stalking somebody, I'm gonna ask say me. Trisha told me to do this, and she told me that this is how I do it. So you stalk Trisha, it in a friendly way. Trisha, though. Trisha, this is it. But yeah, you yeah. do it in a friendly way, but I, I totally stalk people. Right. Um, can you, who's, who was on your team that you've stalked so then they can listen to this and be like, wow. Everyone. Okay. Um, it's so funny. One of my coaches, Kiwi, she... Oh, I want to take her class. She's so good. She's Saturday at 11. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go to that class. She's so good. And she's going to kill me for saying this on record. But she was my... I tell her all the time. She was my biggest challenge because Kiwi's confidence did not match her ability. Mm. And so it was funny. I was told to talk to Kiwi to get to someone else, not her. Mm. And then I met her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so dope. And she just doesn't know it. So I was, I was on her, Mm. like on her. Um, and I mean, now her classes are ridiculous and her, she's one of my best coaches, but that type of stuff, um, like reach out. And I think that that's something that I really I didn't do before. I was so concerned about people coming in and having such a good in, in, in studio experience Mm -hmm. versus being more proactive in the community. I think that was a huge reflection during COVID, um, for me and the uprising Black Lives Matter, I realized that it's okay to reach out to people. Absolutely. It's okay to stalk them. No. For me, I literally, I set the tone, right? Right. And you set the tone from a business standpoint, but I also, my energy sets the tone of my studio. Totally. And so if I don't know these people... Like, I tease, I've hired everyone that's in my studio except for this guy, Terrence. He just somehow was on a bike one day, and I'm like, who is this guy? Um, And he just stuck with us. But either way, I set the tone. And so even in my stalkering phase of this process, I was always very transparent about who I am and my mission and what I'm trying to do. And so it started to be that some of the people that are on my team started believing in me more than the studio yeah and then it transcends to the studio and then they brought people because i was very transparent right right. like i said i don't want all of one anything right so there's this black fitness community that is very um competitive it's very small and they tend to go after a lot of the same so i was like i don't want to be in that right Mm -hmm. I don't want to negate that, but I don't want to be in that. If they're on the lodge, we're going to be on 75. Mm -hmm. So that way we're not even, no one should think. In a different world. Yeah, I'm trying to be in their lane or trying to take their stuff because I'm not. I'm on a whole different freeway. Right. And sometimes we cross over and then sometimes we don't. And so we had to get outside of that mindset. So then people were like, well, I was going to tell you about this girl Holly but she only teaches in the suburbs and I didn't think you would yes that's her let me talk to her right and that's how we started Started to work whole different people exactly and then different people bring different people yeah I think that I've seen that one of our teachers um she's like a mass she introduces me to like every new person she meets because she loves working at citizens she's like okay this person and then this person and then find this person and so i I find it extremely helpful because you can't have eyes everywhere once you're right up and running absolutely um so that's that's interesting are there any other ways that you feel besides stalking uh, which is very helpful are there any other ways that you feel you intentionally make your space more inclusive to diversity 
you have to enter into diverse spaces. Mm-hmm. Facebook is really good for this. Okay. Because there are why. groups. There are groups out there that, you know, address Hispanic community and fitness. Yeah. That ex- address black community. That address LGBTQ. That address all these things. And I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. And... I started to ask to be a part of these groups. And in the beginning, some people were like, um, why is this black girl trying to get in the Hispanic fitness group? But I would always say, I own a fitness studio. I want it to be inclusive. What are the things that I don't know about? Or what are the needs? Are there different needs? I love are that. there That's and awesome. That's awesome. Then you start to organically start talking to people. Yeah. And so I was very, very intentional with, you know, having a list of boxes and trying to collect some of those boxes yeah. and not out not in shutting anyone else out but saying I want to make sure that this is this doesn't look like just my family house no, right I love that so um Facebook was really good for that that's an I think that's such an awesome tip because I would very never good. have thought of that and it's joining Facebook very groups. good. I feel like I'm a little shy in like the internet world for sure. Understandable. Especially because I don't peruse Instagram a lot. Um, I don't really interact with people a lot like virtually. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would be pretty shy. Like I'm not a shy person, but I think I would, it's sort of like a skill set that I haven't developed yet to. I'll say this hmm. this is why I like Facebook. Instagram, you have to be way more into like. In, involved. Yeah. It's so much. <laughs> Instagram right. is so much. Yeah. Facebook was not. I find I could do searches, find a group, request to get in. Usually they'll ask you two or three questions. And then once you're in the group, if I want to peruse, they're talking. And I might pose a question and you'll get five, six, seven responses that you can look at in your own time. Mm-hmm. And it's not as involved Mm -hmm. as as um instagram can be because instagram overwhelms me yeah me too it absolutely overwhelms me yeah facebook was was i say for the aunties it's for the older crew sure it's so much easier yeah and so i got the tip because i started with just getting in there for like studio owners right and then i'm like well if this if this community is here for studio owners let me see if awesome and then it just went from there that's great any other one last one if you can think of any last one um i'm just vocal about it too yeah even to our how do you talk about that because you and i had met we had we had spoken about um like saying the wrong thing the fear of having an uncomfortable conversation and saying the wrong thing i think about any um, of it any of it and it also could be like i'm I think it feels a little inauthentic. I'm hiring for diversity. It's like, well, that's not actually why I would hire somebody. I would hire them for who they are. And don't even say it that way. Right. So, like, right. So, I have a benefit that you don't have because I'm black. And so, the benefit of being a black woman versus a white woman is I can get away with saying stuff because I'm part of a diverse community. Yeah. I'm already seeing that. So, that's already a, a challenge. But I am authentically me. I agree. And I tell people in advance that I could, I'm, if I'm offending you, it is not coming from my heart. It's coming from a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if you tell me and then I do it again, then I'm, then you can like 
throw something at me. Right. Yeah. Then you get the. But other than that, what you do not know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I know that it, there's a plenty of things I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I would just have conversations like, look, I don't want my studio to be too black. I don't want my studio to be too white. I don't want my studio. I want it to be inclusive. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Who do you know to talk to? Who do you. I talk to my. Um, the people are what we call our tribers, but our customers, um, all the time about that. Right. Look, I, I've only put one person out of my studio ever. Yeah. Where I actually told her to get out and (laughs) it actually worked to my benefit, but she was being so rude Mm -hmm. and obnoxious. And I said, it is my job to protect the energy in this space. Total, I agree with you. And you are an opposition of that. And part of the energy in this space is that everyone should feel welcome. And so how do I do that? And I'll ask people, how do I do that? Everyone should feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Or like I, our, one of our um, coaches who's non-binary, I came to him. I was like, look, I do not understand how I'm supposed to address anything. Please help me. And if this is dumb, I'm telling you from a great place, right. I don't get it. Because I also want to make sure that people in your community feel comfortable. Yep. And I also want to make sure that I know how to address people. Because right. if I look at you, I'm going to think he or she, no matter what. Right. And I do not want to offend it. Yeah. We're conditioned to think that. And he laughed. And he's like, okay. And it took, may- I mean, we still have these conversations. I've, I had to send an email to someone. And I literally called him. And I'm like, give me 10 minutes on how I address this email. Sure. But um, but I think that that's an underlying willingness. And an he knows it's sincere. Aware- yeah, an underlying awareness. That's that's. I think that the, all those things are really helpful. Having the straightforward conversation Um you want to have a diverse environment. I see nothing wrong with you saying, I want to have a diverse environment, period. Mm-hmm. What does diverse mean? I mean, black, white, tall, short, big, small, whatever it is. I want to have a diverse environment. And people that will have a problem with you, that's their problem. Because it, offense comes with intention, in my opinion. There are people that do not know and say things that are wrong. And I have to be like, please don't pet my child. Like, no, that's not okay. I'm not offended by that the first time you do it. Yeah. Because in your house, you might grab everybody's kid. That just might be your frame. You might not have a a idea of personal space. So who am I to assume that you do? Right. Not once I say it. And then you go kissing on my kid and I don't know you. We got a problem because right. I've told you. That's how I think of everything. And that's how I operate. Benefit of the doubt. Yes. We have to give people grace. Yeah. We well, give no grace. I agree. I think that that's the theme of COVID is really everybody needs to give themselves grace mm-hmm. to stumble, to fall. Um, and not be afraid of it. And not be afraid of it. Not be afraid of it. I think it takes a lot of humility in this moment. I'm finding that for myself. Like, even when I make mistakes, uh, one of the best things that I know how to do is really reflect and apologize mm. when I know I've made a mistake. I think the hardest thing is not knowing that you had made a mistake. And mm-hmm. that was something that I found came up more so during COVID, during the uprising of Black Lives Matter, is... People talking about mistakes that not just me, that the community has made in the past, either with people of color or making somebody feel not connected or not included, but nobody's speaking it. Mm -hmm. And how do we as leaders, owners, other people in the community, because we're all leaders, 
how do we draw out more general create I like the word courageous conversations that are real when people can say that instead of like holding it in their belt and then like shooting it at you right when it's time to shoot it at you and half the time you're also getting bullets from other people's mistakes too mm-hmm. like you might be the last of this heel that was mounting and then it erupts and you get all of it mm-hmm. yeah I think that sorry I took a drink of water <laughs> I think that that's really important um, to start having these conversations and not be afraid to address, di- not being afraid to address diversity. Mm-hmm. I I can only speak for myself, so I'll be really honest and say that I was very, I think that we're trained, I was trained as a white woman to not address diversity, to be, to tiptoe around it so that I didn't like ostracize somebody or come or off like come you. Off yeah. Yeah. And I think that that was a huge mistake, actually, is that I had asked one of the women that works with us. She said, you know, I don't think that we've ever even talked about, um, you know, she won't mind I'm talking about this, talked about me being Muslim and what is that like? And I'm like, you're right, but is am I allowed to talk about that? And she was like, yes. I'm like, great, let's talk about it. You because know? it's, it's like, a part of who those, you are. What are those rules? Like, how do you start these kinds of conversations together? You and I were introduced... And there was a, we had a common mm-hmm. connection because mm-hmm. our businesses are right near each other and we want to help each other. And so there, there's something more than just like, okay, we know we come from different places. Our first conversation was about our businesses. The second layer of our first conversation were started about diversity and mm-hmm. our own experiences of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So how do you, what is your suggestion to people on how to continue the conversation about diversity because I really believe that we're taught to not talk about it or that's what the old approach was absolutely like colorblindness exactly which no one's colorblind right um so what's the problem with colorblindness as a as a method of coping which is not coping well because if you tell me you don't see color then you can't see me because I have color on my skin Mm-hmm. You have color on your skin. Mm-hmm. No one is black or white. Mm-hmm. So if we don't see color, we don't see each other. Mm-hmm. And the world is beautiful when you see colors. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we live in a place that has conditioned us to think that everything is black, white, or other. And um, if you talk about those things, something's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And... That concept is how I think a lot of racism happens without you even intentionally trying to be racist. I tell people all the time, and I get some slack for this, but I'm like, every cop that kills a black person is not racist. Half of them are scared. So then if you peel back layers, why are you scared? Well, you've never really been around black people. And you can't tell anybody you're scared of black people because then you look racist. But now you're a cop. And then they put you in a black neighborhood. And you can't talk about, I don't know how to adapt in this situation because then you look like something's wrong. So then you get in a situation and you're scared of the people around you already. And you react. And anybody reacts when they're scared. 100%. So... Do I think all of them are 100% I'm going to go out here and black people are bad? No. You could be in an environment that conditions you to think that this big black dude is scary. Um, And so if we start having more of these conversations mm-hmm. or... In contact. In contact is very helpful. 
it will change how people look at people. Because I tell people all the time, I grew up in Detroit, and I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Where in Detroit? I grew up on Seven Mile and Greenfield in the west side of Detroit. And I, I always laugh. I said I had to be downtown because I've been downtown. Good, bad, ugly. I went to Cast Tech. We used to roam those downtown streets in the 90s, given my age. Um, and, you know, I love to see what's happening with it. Um, but with that being said, I, I always say, and my mother gets mad when I say this, but... I grew up in a black okay, environment. We won't share this podcast. It's with your fine. Mother. She's heard it a million times. It'll be okay. But I grew up in a black neighborhood. But as a black kid in America, you are very aware of white people. Whether you see them or not, whether you go to school with them or not, you are very aware of white people. And you are very very aware and taught without somebody technically teaching you um, by going to school and the history you're taught, by this idea of the haves and have nots, money and not money. Even the black people that grew up in suburbia, you're one of one or one of five, but you're very aware. If you are white in America, you do not have to be aware of anybody else at all because this country is set up to be that way. So how will you be aware? I can't be mad at you for not knowing about me if everything around you is conditioned for you not to know about me. You know I exist, but you don't know about me. You don't know. We're not taught cultures. We're not taught any of these things. So that's why these conversations have to happen. And that's why they need to be led by adults. Because no one really conditioned us to be diverse. Like we're not in a situation where that was told. So I can't get mad at you for not knowing how to have those conversations. Because you were never taught or conditioned to have those conversations Mm -hmm. and so your heart might be saying I want my environment to look a certain way but if you don't know how to go about it how does that happen that's like me giving you a bike with no training wheels and saying ride and you never had a training wheel or a bike so I that's why I say grace and empathy is a big thing that we miss because if you really stop a second and think of somebody else's experience you would understand that everybody doesn't have the frame of knowledge to have those conversations and so it's okay to say look I don't know how to have how to have this conversation but you're Muslim and you work here and what is it like Mm -hmm. because just saying that is you will be surprised how many people will be like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. and not be offended Mm -hmm. and that's why we have to see color You have to see people's differences Mm -hmm. because there's more that makes us the same than different. Mm. It's so interesting because I'm thinking back to, um, you know, um, even within like the Jewish community, I had never met or or been in close contact with the Orthodox community. My sister-in-law is Orthodox. So guys, I hope you're not listening. (laughs) um, You know, when I first heard about that she was Orthodox, I remember being like really afraid to meet her. Because I had never, like, contacted an Orthodox Jewish person, even though I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, bringing back those memories of how just, just regular contact over time. I mean, now she's just my sister-in-law, and I exactly. love her so much. And, you know, we live different lives in a lot of ways, but she's just my sister-in-law. Your people. Yeah, and it took some time in, in contact. And I think that that's something that we have missed generally i have definitely missed 
um, in my life is just re- just regular contact with all different people, mm-hmm. all different types of people. Because we're we're also very segregated. Yeah. Um. So what it, in terms of like, you know, new and old Detroit, you know, I think that Detroit specifically has a, a story of um, a lot of division. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you had said, like, to you, it was really important because you grew up in Detroit to have your studio downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, sort of what was that, what was it like ma- making that decision for you? It was a gift and a curse. Um, I got a lot of flack about going downtown. I was telling you this uh, before we got on here because I was told I was selling out, basically, if I go downtown because it's new Detroit, right? And they don't want us us being old Detroit black people whatever downtown and it's funny because I don't like the term new Detroit and old Detroit because Detroit is Detroit and this this you think that this is a uh sort of edgy opinion possibly definitely um because I think when we start saying new and old again we're just creating segregated lines and so I think we're, I'm a big believer words have power. And so once you keep saying that, you're conditioned to have to pick a side. And so now if I'm old Detroit and you're new Detroit, then we, we have issues because there's a line between us mm-hmm. versus we're all in Detroit. And old doesn't mean that it's over. And new doesn't mean that it has to take over. Mm-hmm. They can mix and blend and become what it is. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big thing for me to be downtown. One, because I said, I'm part of old, new, and whatever. Because I've been here my whole that life. That seems to be your theme. Old, yeah, new, and whatever. Whatever. be the theme of your life. I'm, my parents, my mother went to college in Detroit. And my parents met downtown Detroit, Cass Corridor, in college. Mm-hmm. They both were born and bred in Detroit. I'm born and raised here like you can't make me old or new that's how I look at it I'm just I bleed Detroit because that's I was born in Henry Ford Hospital it is what it is and so I got a lot of slack on saying that I'm selling out because I'm going to new Detroit but you know Detroit started to get an image that downtown was going to be whitewashed you can't whitewash something if everybody downtown is not white but if everybody that's not white runs from downtown then did it become whitewashed or did you help in the process like all of those things are people don't they make statements and don't take the time to think of how to change those statements Mm -hmm. for me my studio is open to small businesses I've had female entrepreneurs sell products through my studios black people sell products through my studios um I'm open to all kinds of small businesses because it's expensive to get downtown. So if I got downtown, then what I can do is open my doors to other people Mm -hmm. to now have their space down there. I agree. So now you have, you know, I'm selling tea from someone who would have never had a storefront. And she's killing selling out her teas every week. And... She's from old Detroit. You know, you just make it a community. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a segregated line. And it's very important to do that. It's very important because you do not want to start off having separation. Because the stench of that lasts a long time, which is what we're dealing with in America right now. It doesn't have to be your grandfather's racism, but the stench of it is still here and we have to try to address it Mm -hmm. and so it's happening in Detroit Detroit's had a long history of you know Detroit was a very black city for Mm -hmm. a very long time Mm -hmm. um and the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit had a lot of battles 
for a very long time before I was born, but I remember it as a kid. I remember the mayor telling the governor to stay on the other side of eight mile Mm -hmm. clearly. Um, And it had a rich history of entrepreneurship. And a lot of that, some of that left when it was the riots, some of that left because of, you know, economic issues, the big three leaving a lot of that left when the bankruptcy happened in the city. And now it's this rebuild and the rebuild has to be inclusive, but you can't be inclusive if you isolate yourself too. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the new money having to be like, let me make sure that I'm inclusive and it looks a certain way. Also, people that have been there has to say, I need to be a part of this. It's yeah. twofold. I think I didn't do a very good job originally. And now I think we're doing a better job of looking out in the community and sort of making those threads and tying those ties together. And I think you're exactly like right is really not just elevating voices, but actually bringing people's products in and their own missions in for people who can't be there. Pop-ups are nothing, yeah. right? It doesn't change the fabric of your studio, but what it does is it says, I'm reaching out to someone else. And that sets a tone without you even saying anything. We had a juice company come in and do some juices. And literally, I had someone come to me and said, I know the guy from Life Juice. I think it's amazing what you let him do. He had never sold in, he hadn't even been in Eastern Market. Right. Um... And it took nothing for me to do that. Right. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. take away from what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, these are ways to ingrain yourself mm-hmm. um, in more it. than just your own community. Because it was so funny. Even when we did our mashup, people were so surprised. Mm. And even some what of my... What do we do? You have to tell them what oh. we did. <laughs> so we, we did a joint... Cl- well, really a class, yeah, we but did you a did it. It was an hour long. You did thirty minutes with Vibe, thirty minutes with Citizen, and we opened it up to both of our communities well, the to do it. Citizen people were like, I looked at my watch two minutes into riding <laughs> and was like, Are you fucking joking me? Like, how am I going to survive? But then I looked over at like the Vibe people during yoga, and everybody's like, Dead. Holy crap! And it's Dead. Just, it's always so funny to watch the two fitness. And, and they're such good compliments. Like, that's actually, I would say that there are two incredible compliments together. Absolutely. Um, but it's really funny to watch. But people loved it. Yeah, they did. And the fun. funny part about it is um, I had so many people think that our worlds were so different that how would that work? Mm. And you find out that it really isn't. You know what I mean? Like, it. Re- I had, oh my God, my... I always think of Mo, my coach, because he died. Like he Mo was, was funny. Mo was very funny. Dead. Yes. And he was like, I totally undervalued yoga. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I ride three, I teach three cycle classes a day. You know, that's six, I mean, a week, not a day. He would kill himself. But, and I'm burning 700 calories. What's stretching going to do? All right. Oh, man. He, he looked like a mess. He texted me the next day, though, and was like, say? I have parts of my body aching that I did not know existed. Yeah. And I was like, it's going to make you so much better as even a cycle instructor. Totally. And so it was funny to see because people think that the worlds are so different, right? And it really isn't. Yeah. And I was so, I was like, oh God, the yoga people are going to jump off these bikes and be like, these people are crazy. They great. They loved it. Had a great time. Yeah. Had a great time. And so... I think that is that is a, a a personification of what we need to do as 
businesses and people, period. Yes. Right? Just because something seems like it wouldn't mash up together, if you just try it, it could be super successful. I mean, I have people at Vibe like, are we doing this like once a month? Right. Once every two weeks? Like, what? how often are we doing it? Right. Because they, I, I get it. And I also think it's just a, a nice um, a glimpse into, somebody had said to me yesterday, you know, all of quarantine, they were running. And running is like, her mind is already running. Mm-hmm. She's like, and so I realized that running wasn't working because I needed to slow down so that my mind had a chance to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the same flip, like yoga people, sometimes, I mean, we, we move fast, at in certain classes but we could speed up you know and really like push the edges of what we think uh, our capabilities Mm -hmm. are but it's more about the relationship piece of meeting different people in the community and really threading together and i actually think we have to give bedrock bedrock a shout uh shout out because they were super supportive to all of us Mm -hmm. during covid absolutely they made the introduction absolutely they were the first people to reach out saying oh my god you two need to meet absolutely and you know i think that there are a lot of i don't think mixed feelings i think that hopefully a lot of the tenants who have worked with bedrock feel their support but i have always felt i don't know what your experience was but i've always felt super supported especially during covid i mean no absolutely this has been such a good experience and thankfully they brought us together and absolutely that there one of the things you had said is that your um i asked you like well what are your values or what's part of your mission and you had said fitness community and culture Mm mm-hmm which is very similar to what we're trying to build at Citizen. So can you pick one of those and talk about um, like why you're so passionate about it? We had talked about healthy and unhealthy Detroit and why fitness in Detroit is so important. Right, so, right. So maybe I just made you answer that one. <laughs> yeah, that was the community piece basically is yeah. that the city is very unhealthy mentally and physically. And Why is it unhealthy mentally? Um... Honestly, because people are hungry. People don't have the resources they have. People are losing their homes. People are financially strained. Detroit, it was a study three years ago that said 53% of the city of Detroit adults are functionally illiterate. Mm. So uneducated. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot. I mean, those boxes... That's why I say diversity is so much bigger than black and white, but it's a lot. And it also, you would find, um, which is why I loved that you brought Citizen downtown, you find a lot of really nice studios in suburbs. And that was a big thing I found when I would come home from college, come home, and I have lived in these other big cities with all of the soul cycles and the, you know, berries and all these places and all these yoga studios, and it was amazing. And then I would come home, and unless I went to a suburb, I could not find that in the city. It would never be equal to. And But we can find, like, L.A. Fitness with half equipment working or planet fitness where it didn't seem like they even washed anything or you know you don't have towels or whatever and it drove me crazy and so you have a lot of that neglect type thing um in the city and that weighs on you that weighs on any person if what you see around you is not reflective of where you want to be it might not have to be where you are but even any glimpse of where you want it to be Mm -hmm. um 
And so those are all challenges that you deal with and that need to be addressed. I think that... um, But then you can bring fitness. I mean, that's why, you know, when we first opened, the tendency was always to go to happy hour instead of absolutely exercise absolutely i mean that was the default right after work your activities were happy hour every day every restaurant in detroit per square foot i believe are some of the most successful restaurants in our entire state absolutely and the one of the reasons why is that everybody's invested in in food food and fun absolutely but not seeing fun as fitness and over time I, I really think that, you know, I never expected to have 60 people in a Detroit class. You know, I just was like, this is just the right next thing to do. And people really have embraced physical and mental fitness. Absolutely. In the city. Absolutely. Which has been but amazing. But a big thing is they didn't know what it could be. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't know what it could be till I moved. Mm. And then I went to these places and they were amazing. Right. And then I come back because I'm not a big box gym person, mm-hmm. go figure, but yeah. I've never been, right? I am I like Nordstrom. I say vibe, we're trying to be Nordstrom. We don't have to be sex. I agree. But I like Nordstrom yeah. where I customer service is amazing, great product offerings. Right. You have price range from moderate to expensive, and I feel good about shopping there. Yeah. And you didn't find Nordstrom yeah. in Detroit. So if you don't know that, then of course you're like, well, I would rather spend money on a drink mm-hmm. than going into this place and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, giving me what I want. So you come to Citizen and you have this community that is welcoming. It's clean. You have cute clothes. You have, like you feel good about being a part of that, right? Everybody, it's a lifestyle. Everybody wants to feel like they're in the in crowd, mm-hmm. and they may not be on Lulu status, right? But I can get if I can get a cute leggings for 50 bucks instead of 500 bucks i'm in right and so that's the difference right and so i think the market was yearning for it they didn't know it Mm -hmm. and so many of the bigger you know franchises or whatever wouldn't do it because they're like this this market is not you know ideal for it but it Mm -hmm. takes a it takes investing in the people in the marketplace which is what you did Mm -hmm. which is amazing you you should get credit for that Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if I was, it was definitely a different decision that a lot of people thought was completely insane mm-hmm. in the same way that they thought your decision was insane. Mm-hmm. Every person thought my decision was insane. And I think that to me, the decision was not about a successful financial studio. It was really a community expansion. That's how I looked at it. Um, initially, particularly, I was like, okay, this is just more community and this is what Detroit could use. And I, I think that now, post-COVID citizen, um, we're going to do even better being more a part of the city. That's part of our mission is becoming tell more story. a part of it. Yeah. Tell that. Tell yeah. what you just said. Because I think that citizen has a perception of being... Um, what like bougie, yeah, right? Sure. But I think it's the perception because it came from Royal Oak, it comes from Bloomfield, you don't know. Like right. for our people, they were like, "Oh my gosh, that teacher was great." I'm like, "That's the owner of Citizen? Yeah, she's the owner." Oh, oh, I'll I'll definitely go back. Hmm. Well, you know, it's funny cuz Bloomfield was last. 
Detroit was second. Oh. And I, I agree with you. And something that we say a lot is that we're we're elitist about our product, but we're not pretentious about it. Mm-hmm. And that was the goal. But I, I, I understand. Like that's not. Once you walk through the door, hopefully, and I know that we've obviously we've all made mistakes in the past, not seeing somebody or you know misspeaking or whatever it is. Um, but the the intention is to really see people, and so it's interesting when you're talking about people in daylight seeing each other. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons that we say conversation is our noble silence. Cause I grew up in like pin drop silent yoga studios where everybody's slightly awkward beforehand trying to pretend to become enlightened or doing child's pose so they can avoid everybody mm-hmm. else in the studio. And the, the marker of success for me and some, this is not for everybody is when I walk into a studio and I hear a lot of people talking, what that has said is that people feel comfortable. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. They f- adults are talking to each other like, holy God. And not just like at a restaurant where you've, you've come with like four different people and you only talk to them. And I think that that's a marker of a community um, moving itself forward in a more mature way. Absolutely. You know, if you can look at somebody in a coffee line and say hello to them, you can stand in an elevator and not just look down at your phone awkwardly. Uh, I think it's a huge moment of success for you socially. And we need it. You don't have to be so uncomfortable. And we need it. Yeah. We as humans are packed animals, so we thrive off of each other. Yeah. Whether we know it or not, we thrive off of the energy. We're all energy, and energy thrives off of energy. We bounce off of each other. So you need it. And so I think um, it is a great thing to be aware and to be conscious and intentional about trying to build the community. Yeah. Um, you're always going to have naysayers. That is what it is. Sure. But as long as you stay true to what you're doing. Yeah. But like even naysayers, like I always just say like, okay, like at least like let's have a conversation and like put us in a room together. Mm-hmm. Cause then like we can be friends. I'm sure of it. Or at least like come to an understanding. Um, and that sort of division of like the fitness industry you had, you had mentioned to me, like it, the levels of competition. So uh, tomorrow night, which is irrelevant because you're probably listening to this podcast, like I don't know when, <laughs> um, but we have a group of fitness studio owners all going to dinner together. And that was something that I felt was really important moving forward in my post COVID life is to pull us together, people who have similar values so that we can support each other because this is going to be an uphill climb. We all have just reopened. It's mm-hmm. literally like, oh, I have a new studio. I have three. I have four new studios, and let's see what goes on after this. Mm-hmm. And not, we're not at zero. I don't mean that as as a group of people, but you know, it is still it's a, a reopening. It, you know, yeah, it's a reopening. It's a it's, it's a, a new world. It's and new requirements. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to like hold each other's hands and run up the hill together and say like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing or. Um, the example I, you and I had mentioned, like, okay, well, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Or I talked to Barcode, and I talked to Lindsay and Janelle, and we're like, okay, are you opening? Are you going to open without the governor's permission? And I told them, like, no. And so we decided during this, like, we are going to stay strong together, mm-hmm. and we are going to lock arms and say we are going to follow protocol, we're going to follow the law, and we are going to stay with it. That was and us. we used to call each other, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because there were so many people so that didn't. So many people who just ignored everything. And so we just kept saying, and I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have been able to like stand alone. Maybe I would have, but like stand alone. It was just so much nicer to 
um, hear from other people who are going through a similar thing and that we can do it together. Like, community, I don't have to be so alone in it. Community involves us too, right? Yeah, totally. It's very hard being a business owner. Mm. Um, and it's very hard being a business owner with no community of business owners. I agree. Because I'm not going to tell my mom I'm struggling. Right, my mom is gonna be like, "Oh God, she's bankrupt!" Like it's gonna oh, be God. right. It's gonna be the most right. dramatic thing ever. Right. But I can go to when when you build a community of comfort, then you can say, "Seriously, what did you do too? Right. How can I, like you said, are you gonna go against the governor? Okay, let's do this together, mm-hmm. and we help each other because you need that. Right. Like if you don't have that, it's and you try to do this on an island. Right. It, you will try to uplift everyone else as you fall apart, pretty totally. much. You will be the worst one walking, the yeah. zombie, while everyone else is in the studio smiling and talking. Totally. So I think I, I thought it was great when you even send out the invite for dinner. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, we um, can do it together. And I think that's so important because the industry is pretty cutthroat at times. Very. And, um, <laughs> very. Very. And, you know, we can just continue to lead differently. I mean, the, the motto is, is that people do as the leader does, not as the leader says. And so we can say we're community oriented. We can say we have community, but how well, what's, what's the measure of success for that? Absolutely. And, and I think that if we don't, utilize each other's um, like from an emotional perspective from just like a conversation perspective i think that we're missing out on our own community as well Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that that's i love that we're we have a similar goal of making detroit healthier from a fitness perspective from a mental perspective you know we do free class in we should actually do a, a combined free class that would be fun we do free class in um I think it's in Grand Circus every week. Mm-hmm. And it's been so interesting and so much. We do it every summer. So this isn't like a. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's even more fun during COVID because people are so much more willing to like weather the weather. Weather the weather. Absolutely. It's to like, be yeah, out- whatever. It's 45 degrees. They don't I'm care. freezing. Okay, cool. I'm going to wear a long sleeve. Like, what? At least we've become a little tougher uh, in terms of what we're going to handle outside. Absolutely. So we can survive and, and have a good time. Absolutely. So I think that those are that, that value I really, I really relate to. So what motto, if you had a specific motto um, in your life, do you have one that you feel like you live by? Um, yeah, I always have one. So I feel like you would. You I do. Like, I feel like you have like I do. like pocket cards. I'm like the, I'm a quote person. Yeah, you're like a pocket card. I'm you a know. total quote person because I have to remind myself to encourage myself. So my stick that I like used to sign all my emails with was it was a good day to be a great you. Oh, I love that. But my latest one is make today better than yesterday. Mm. That is my thing I'm working towards now is instead of freaking out big picture, just I have 24 hours. How can I make this 24 hours better than the 24 hours yesterday? Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. And keep taking it day by day Mm -hmm. because that COVID had me all over the place, right? Trying to save everything under the world. Oh my God, how's this going to work? How's this? The studio's closed. What am I going to do? All these people are 
freaking out, all these things. And I had to take a breath and be like, okay, what task can I achieve today? Mm-hmm. Then what can I do the next? Like, I'm literally. And so yeah. that's my, my motto right now. But I am a queen yeah. of those things. I feel like you just pull them out of pocket. I have to remind small. myself because, you know, staying motivated is not the easiest thing. Um, especially when there's a lot going on. Yeah. And I was always that kid. Like, like I said, I had humble beginnings and there's a lot of things that have happened or I've seen in my life. And I always had to figure out ways of encouraging myself. Not that I didn't, like my mom was encouraging and all those other things, but like just how can you stay in your zone and stay what you're doing? And so it just stuck with me. That's awesome. So my husband will be like, what post-it is in my bathroom right now? What kind of craziness? Why is this car, like I have like... Um, manifestation cards all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the quote that you said to me, which I don't know if you got it from somewhere else, but it just feels like a right saying, which is like, we can't heal in isolation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that you know, when, when we first went digital, everybody's like, oh my God, digital, you know, you see like the mirror, everybody working out alone. It's like, we've like literally entered into like the Jetsons time. And, you know, people right now, yes, there are some fitness industry people who've done a really good job creating a at-home yoga experience and, you know, we've done our best and, but there is something that you can't beat, which is in-person contact, Easy. human beings, voices, breath, like listening to people's breath again in a mask. I don't give a shit. You're like, feeding I off of the anything. group. I, I agree. I was like, oh, great. You know, people are wearing masks. I, at first I was like te- terrified and pissed and... Now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's better than zero. And I agree. I, I think that that was something that I learned from you. And as a reinforcement that I'm not the only one that thinks that, which is we can't do this alone. No. We can't heal our community. We can't heal ourselves, our hearts alone. We need, I need your friendship. You need my friendship. And we need group activities and group events. And, you know, I think that that has been such a good lesson for us, um, coming out of this yeah that people really do feed off of each other yeah and you don't realize it until you can't be around people yes because i always tell people i was peloton i thought was the best thing ever when it first came out yeah and then it turned into an exercise bike and then it's an exercise bike that's exactly right it turned it's into convenient it right right but it turned into like my grandma had an exercise bike right. like because after a while i'm still on a screen yeah i think that you can do both though like, no I absolutely think that that's what's awesome is like you can have both worlds and i think both worlds are so 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 valuable but i can't do one without you the can't other do one without the other i can't do well, one i can do and and at the same time i would say home practice is a different value than community practice. In-person class is social. It's somebody else upholding your attention, somebody else upholding your obligation. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch your own clock. Whereas home practice is really self-reflection, self-discipline, um, self-investigation in a different way. There's value to both. So you you don't just throw out everything. Right. You, you find that like yin and yang balance. Oh, absolutely. So how do people find you? Well, if you're not in on Randolph, we our our website. Wait, you know, just as a point, we both um, get free parking. Yes, at our locations. Right now, it's four hours. So mm-hmm. please mark the date that it might not be four hours still, but it's usually two hours of free parking 
um, Vibrite is in the parking structure. In the parking. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't want to say that wrong. It is in the parking. We are on the first level so of the parking structure, great. so you're right there. Um, and that's a big deal for downtown Detroit. Agreed. So absolutely, we I have two hour that. free parking. We're on Randolph. We're there Monday through Saturday right now. We're closed on Sundays. Um, our website is thevibride.com/detroit. You also can follow us on social. We're at the Vibe Ride. I'm at How We Vibe. So my um, social is All Things Detroit. Um, and then we are on Facebook with the Vibe Ride Detroit. So. Uh, we're gonna do some more events together yes for sure i'm gonna go out i want to go out on saturday at 11 that's been my goal do it get my butt kicked yeah kiwi's gonna kick your butt but oh. she's so good well i'm really good at faking that i'm working really hard so <laughs> don't tell her I'm no just... trust me when you're on a bike it's such a different yeah it's it's so different and i tell people too like we were talking about you know for what we do you have to have some in-person training to do it correctly. Totally. Then you take that home. Yes. And I like to highlight that because there's so many people that'll see a YouTube video and be like, I got this, you know, exercise bike. Welcome to or, yoga. Yeah. Oh and you're doing it completely wrong and then you're injured and you blame yoga. Right. Or you or bl- blame spice of spinning. Yeah. Exactly. And it had nothing to do with it. You just, yeah, your toes went numb because you don't know how to pedal. Like, it's, yeah. so, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. And check them out. And more to come. Yeah.